Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sports Radio 610 presents Area 45 with Bajani and Creighton. Welcome into Area 45. I'm Sean Bajani. He's Patrick Creighton. Joining us right now on the Sports Radio 610 Hotline is junior lightweight world champion and orange native in Houston resident uh, is Oshaki Foster, who's going to be defending his WBC junior lightweight world title against Abraham Nova this Friday at Madison Square Garden. It's the main event, folks, and he's right here on Sports Radio 610. You can watch the fight at 9 o'clock Friday on ESPN. Oshaki, uh, I'm Sean Bajani, man. I appreciate you joining us this evening. Uh, how's this week been so far for you leading into uh, this second title defense coming up this uh, this weekend? Hey, man, I appreciate you having me. Man, this week has been has been going smooth. Everything been going great. They've been showing me major love in New York, man. It's 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 love, man. I'm 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 just ready to come put on a show. Ice water, Patch yeah, Crane with you, brother. Yeah. What's up, champ? <laughs> hey, how's it going? All right, so let's let you know. I want to talk to you because you've had a really interesting road to get to where you are. Like some people think that oh, you know, guys just. You know, they just breeze through and, you know, all this. But your road to this title has not just been, you know, the easy breeze. I, I want you to talk about your story. Let's start with how did you get into boxing? You have an incredible amateur career. How did you get started in boxing? You know, you I mean, you're a, you're a Houston area native. What, what got you started? Um, honestly... I just followed some of my older cousins to the gym, and you know, once we was in the gym, and they, I, they like the first day we got in, they put us in the spa, and I, and I felt right at home, man. I fell right into place. So you start uh, amateur career, which, I mean, you have a tremendous amateur background. What was yes, what was your? I guess when when you were at what was your toughest fight? In the amateurs. Yeah, what was your toughest fight as you were coming up? you know, and kind of, you know, learning your trade and, you know, getting ready to become a professional. What was your toughest fight? My toughest fight at that time when I was amateur probably was like uh, uh, Tremaine Williams, uh, midget, we call him midget. He, he he ended up turning pro. He 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 had a, a name. Um, but, yeah, that was my toughest fight. Oh, Shaki, I was actually – listening to some of the uh, post-fight interviews that you've had um, in your last couple of uh, matches. And I noticed, you know, one of the first things you do, no matter what question you're asked, uh, you always, you know, give give thanks, give praise, you know, to God, your Lord and Savior. And I, I'm just kind of curious, you know, C.J. Stroud has done that literally since day one. Will Anderson around here, D'Amico Ryans. I'm just kind of curious, you know, have have you always kind of had that mindset? Kind of wanted to to use your platform uh, for your faith. And if those guys are some individuals here in town, I know you live here that you watch, that you pay attention to, that maybe you kind of uh, look up to. Yeah, um, yeah, most definitely. Um, my grandma used to work in the church as I, when I was a kid growing up, so I used to always be in there and. Um, 
you know, always around the church. But as I got older, you know, I uh, I got away from it. I started getting in trouble and everything. And once I brought my faith back and I started believing again, that's when things changed. So I always give thanks to him and, uh, you know, blessed to be in this position because I could, you know, it couldn't have happened like this. Oh, Shaggy, I, I've seen you referred to as the next Cinderella man. You know, you were a guy who look, had a promising career. You get a little sidetracked, and next thing yeah. you know, uh, you know, you're doing time in Orange County. What yeah. was the moment that changed you where you realized, hey, what I'm doing, this isn't going to work. If I want my dreams to fulfilled, I need to change what was the the moment or what was the impetus that draw that that forced the change man when, honestly when i when i understood that um i had nothing left like i had nothing um nobody you know things like that you know when um when i was in jail calling people calling you know family stuff like that i wasn't getting no calls and you know, even when I came home, I was moving from house to house. And, you know, my back was just against the wall. And boxing was the thing that I've always had my whole life that it got me away from trouble when I was focused on it. So I just, I, I said, I'm going to go, I'm going to try this and I'm going to put my all into this and see where it go. And now we're here. When you're going through all that, though, Shaki, at the time, do you get to a point mentally that you kind of doubt yourself, that you, you maybe you kind of think, man, did I squander an opportunity to do what I love to do? Where, where were you at mentally during that whole process? Yeah, most definitely. Um, most definitely it was a lot of, um, dang, I don't want to be a would've or could've type person. So um, it was on my mind heavy, like trying to trying to get back to action, trying to do what I do. And, I, and honestly, when I came back, um, I was fighting four round fights. Um, I didn't, I didn't know where it was going to go, but you know, we, we took chances and said, okay, after the first two, four round fights, we jumped up and said, okay, we're going to go on the B side and fight a guy that was like, he was like 22 and two. And we went to his hometown and everything. And that's what turned it around for us, you know? So, yeah. He is Houston area native and WBC junior lightweight world champion. Oshaki Icewater Foster with us on the guest line. And Oshaki, you know, you've got a title defense coming up on Friday against Abraham Nova. Uh, this is going to be your second defense of this title. Uh, tell us a little bit about, you know, what you're thinking going into this fight. You know, a little bit about, you know, what your what your opponent does that you're planning to counter. Give us a little breakdown of, of what you're facing on Friday night as you look to defend your title. Man, I I I'm plan I'm planning on going in there and um dominating, putting on a show. Um, I I I've prepared you know for a long time for this and to be headlining at Mass Square Garden. Um, is no pressure. Is no I'm relaxed. I'm 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 ready. I trained hard. Um, I got a tough, durable opponent in front of me, but um we 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 picked apart a a great game plan and and I'm gonna execute it. You know um. I, I I just feel good, man. I feel like this this where I belong. Oshaki Foster, our guest on Sports Radio Six. And last one for me, Oshaki. I feel like I'm kind of burying the lead here. I mean, this is your second title defense. You got an opportunity yeah. to win uh, your 11th straight fight, but not even just yeah. that. You're doing it in freaking Madison Square Garden, dude. This has got to be a bucket list career. Uh, kind of opportunity for you. I don't know. Have you ever fought at Madison Square Garden before? What's what what's kind of going through your mind as you're preparing for Friday night? And it's gonna be at a legendary vicinity where that has seen so many historic fights before. Honestly, I've never been to Madison Square Garden, um, so this will be a first time going and the first time fighting there. Um, I'm just I'm excited, man. I'm not gonna lie. Um, it's 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 a it, it's it's a way for me to be a part of history. You know, uh, all the greats have fought in there. Most of the greats have fought in there, um, and and it's just it's just great to be a part of that 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 legacy that that goes with fighting at the Madison Square Garden and also fighting on ESPN. You know, 
Um, that's always been a dream of mine since I was a kid. And now, you know, we just got to execute and, and make sure we, we come in and, and handle our business. Oh, Shaki, man, it is a great fight crowd at the Garden. I'm, you know, from New York, lived there for 40 years. It is a absolute terrific crowd. You're going to love it. And uh, we're certainly pulling for you down here in Houston uh, to make your next title defense. Oshaki Icewater Foster, WBC junior lightweight champ, fighting Friday night at Madison Square Garden on ESPN. Uh, fight start, you get that card starting 8 o'clock local time uh, here in Houston. Root on one of our own from Houston, Texas, Oshaki Icewater Foster. Champ, appreciate you joining us tonight. Go kick some butt on Friday. Hey, man, thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Appreciate it, man. And thank I you. I will do. I got you. All right. We'll be watching, man. That's Oshaki Foster uh, will be defending his junior lightweight world championship. Good stuff, man. Um, his I, story really is, I mean, to, to be a kid who had a great amateur career, mm -hmm. gets into the pros, shows some promise, loses a couple of fights, gets arrested for assault, mm -hmm. does time in Orange County Jail, and is watching title fights from jail, thinking, that should be me. Yeah. Why is that not me? Why am I in here instead of out there? Mm -hmm. And the willpower, the determination, uh, the recovery of his faith to get himself Straightened up, out of, out of jail, back in the ring, training harder than ever, better than ever, 11 straight wins, world champion. I mean, that is a phenomenal story. Yeah. Because it all, so many times, especially in boxing. It could go the other way. We have seen guys who show a ton of promise. They get into trouble. They're off in jail, and it's over. Yeah. It's over. They come out of jail a couple of years later, and now they can't fight anymore. Or, you know, they've got injuries or they've they've just they haven't trained in so long that now they've they've slipped, they don't have their skills anymore. He recognized really quick, I'm going down the wrong path. And if I want my goals, I need to get straight. And he did. And like I don't necessarily think people understand the diff the the difficulty, the discipline that it takes when you're surrounded by guys who aren't going that direction. Mm -hmm. They're going the other direction. You're in jail. You're trying to swim against the stream to get yourself right. Oh, there's a lot of other guys in there that love to take you down with them. No doubt. No doubt. It's it's a, a gravitational pull uh, that you, to, to be able to get away from that, to be a, a given another opportunity, a second chance kind of a thing. It's funny. I've... I've known a lot of people over the years that, you know, came up and, you know, they were amateur boxing, went to high school with a couple of them. They were really good, won golden gloves and, um, you know, I've known a couple of people older in age that, that, that boxed competitively. It's just, I feel like they're almost wired different. And I said very, you know, kind of cavalierly, like, you know, yeah, it could have gone the other way for a guy like Oshaki Foster who, you know, shows promise, winds up in jail. I mean, who knows if if um, he gets out, if something goes down in on the inside, if he gets out and just finds self more trouble. Like, you see it kind of compound like that. I do get the sense, though, that, like, boxers, in a general sense, are wired differently. And it's because of a word you just said. There is a discipline that I think you attribute to boxers, maybe more so than a lot of other uh, types of athletes, that if given the opportunity, if, if just given a little shred of that carrot that's dangling in front of them, they tend to take it more times than not. It, it, it's not a team sport. It's an individual thing. And for a guy to be able to pull, him back, pull himself back up and create an opportunity at the age of 30, I think he's 30 going on 31, 30, 31 years old, fighting as the main event in Madison Square Garden, realizing a dream at that stage of your career after you've been through all that, that's pretty remarkable. You know, for a long time when I was younger, you know, I, I played hockey for 20 years, mm -hmm. and I was a goalie. And people would always say, 
there's got to be something wrong with you that you want people to <laughs> shoot pucks at you. Well, we have pads and face masks and helmets. Uh, boxers have their face. Yeah. And they willingly have other people punch them in the face for a living. Yeah. And like, I'm going to punch you in the face more times than you're going to punch me in the face. And if you want to talk about having to be wired different, Boxing, MMA. I was going to say, MMA is right there, dude. You are wired. That's a next level kind of like, crazy. Like, you like to be hit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there were times, especially when I was when I was younger, and we didn't necessarily have the money for all the pads that I needed to play goal. Sometimes the puck could catch you in between the pads. <laughs> I would have. That yeah, felt nice. Welts. Man, I remember one time I, uh, I was probably like, 10 or 11. I didn't quite have all the pads quite yet. Mm -hmm. Um, We just just didn't have the money for it. So I took a puck on top of the knee, right above where your your leg pads are. Yeah. Dude, my whole leg shot out from under me. It was like (laughs) I got hit by a cannon and my legs, boom, was gone. (laughs) I fell flat on my face, laid my belly on the puck, and I was like, I am not moving. <laughs> that hurt like hell. Like, don't touch me. And and then, like, you know, the rest, like, okay, come on, get up. And I'm like, nope. He's like, come on, I need the puck. Nope. <laughs> I need the puck. What's the matter? I'm like, my leg is numb. Oh, He's like, what's yeah. the matter? I was like, I got hit above the pad. It was just, well, well don't you have the? I'm like, no. Well, why not? I was like, well, we couldn't afford them. Yeah. You should have seen the look. That referee gave my coach for allowing me on the ice without mm. all the. Equipment. Oh, I bet, yeah. Like, like I mean, at least staring daggers. Roll some t-shirts up, stick them in there, something oh, like. I'm sure you had to get creative. I had a bruise the size of a grapefruit on like right above my knee. On, on oh my, it was huge. Yeah, it probably was for a purple. month. It hurt for weeks. Yeah, I bet. And uh, the next time. Uh, the next the next week, my coach bought a pair of those uh, hockey pants for yeah, me, so he did. I would have I would have the padding, and he's just like, "Listen, you can don't worry about it. I got well, you." Geez, did you have a backup? Uh, they Is were, anybody as nutty as you? To- they were never playing the backup. <laughs> they were never playing the backup. I mean, why? Because you would see to it, and you were going to do whatever. No, because like he sucked. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> just say it. <laughs> so the kid who was the backup, right? Um, like the next year, we're doing this like all-star tournament. And so they have a switching like on, off, on, off, right? Mm-hmm. So I play the first period. We're up one nothing. I play the first 10 minutes of the second period. We're up 2 nothing. I come out of the game. They put the backup in. Before the end of the second period, we're down 5-2. And... We had a a goal against us where the puck is just rolling mm-hmm. from, you know, like the other end is just rolling. He skates out like in between the circles and like very flamboyantly puts his glove down like he's going to scoop it up with style, rolls right past the man of the net. <laughs> now, I was told before the game, you're going to play the first 30 minutes. Okay. I come out of the game. I'm already in the locker room. Gear is off. I'm icing down. Oh, yeah. And they said, Patrick. They're like, they're like, why are you undressed? I'm like, you told me I was playing half the game. I'm done. It's like, get dressed. <laughs> we had gotten it back to 5-4, and they wanted me in the net because they didn't want to give up any more bad goals. Oh, my God. So yeah. I wind up getting back in the game. We won 6-5 in overtime. There you go. MVP, baby. And, and I was just like, I was supposed to have the rest of this game off. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! I hey, didn't, we didn't split. We didn't split time again after that. Uh, just a reminder: Oh, Shaki Foster, our guest earlier this segment. Uh, you can catch him on ESPN nine o'clock Central Time, uh, in and around there. You know how boxing matches go. It'll probably be a little later than that when the fight actually gets started. When he defends his WBC Junior Lightweight uh, title. Uh, good having him on. Coming up next, we'll get to hot leads uh, stuff from the NFL. The collegiate and Major League Baseball news. A signing 
has been reported. That's next. We'll give it to you. It's Area 45, Sports Radio 610. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. These are the new leads. Now look, I need the leads. These are the Glen Gary leads. Two lead cards for tonight, two lead cards for tomorrow. Why give him the good leads? He's got the leads. He's got the leads. He's got the good leads. The whole thing is the leads. They stole the Glengarry leads. Let's talk about something important. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. Hot lead, Sports Radio 610's Area 45. I'm Sean Bajani. He's Patrick Creighton. Biggest stories of the day. We'll start with a little college football as ESPN and the CFP have reached an agreement on a long-term extension, a six-year, $7.8 billion rights extension. Pending, though, the CFP resolving all of its outstanding issues, according to The Athletic, and outstanding issues there are. The Athletic uh, earlier today wrote that uh, those contingencies are really in the form of what in the heck is going on with the continued implosion of the Pac-12. Washington State and Oregon State, the only remaining teams within the Pac-12 entering this upcoming college football season as USC, UCLA, Oregon, Washington all jump into the Big Ten. Colorado, Arizona, Arizona State, Utah join in the Big 12. Cal and Stanford are also headed to the ACC. That is so, so idiotic. It has got to be resolved like This is something I haven't thought about, but let me ask you, what happens between now and the start of college football season with said Washington State and Oregon State essentially without a home? There's not going to be two teams in the Pac-12. So, my understanding is that the former teams of what has become the Pac-2 will play, like if they don't win their new conference they will play bowl games associated with what was the Pac-12. So the teams that have left the Pac-12 to go to new conferences Mm. for the immediate time, they will still play the Pac-12 bowl game schedule if they are not CFP teams, uh, you know, which if if they won their conference, they would be a CFP team. So if they're not going to the CFP, they will play the Pac-12 bowl game. Interesting. I don't like that. One of them would be like the Independence Bowl, uh, the Las Vegas Bowl. Like, there's there's a handful of them. Most of them are like in the West and Southwest. Yeah. But I, that's that's kind of what the, I guess, the compromise is expected to be short is, term. How long? Is, well, I was going to ask you, like, how long TV can they compromise? TV deals end after 2025, it I believe. So. Two more years. So ESPN's got two years remaining on its current deal before this new one kicks in. Their current deal with the CFP is worth an average of $608 million annually. This new deal 
is going to take it just over a billion dollars a year. Yeah, well, 12 teams. And yeah, they're going to control it all. Uh, you're going to get to see everything. All ESPN, It's they own the right to all the matchups. And so they're willing. This thing is going to be so big that they believe in two years it's going to be worth double what it's worth right now. How much will the college football landscape change between now and two years from now? Well, in two years from now, we might have, instead of a power five, we might have a power two. Right? It might be the Big Ten and the SEC being 20-team conferences, and everybody else will be like, what was a G5, right? Yeah. I mean, and you can always rework these deals, I guess. That's where my mind's at because the the landscape seems ever changing. How could you ever enter an agreement on a multi-billion dollar uh pact without knowing really what you're looking at beyond 2 years from now? Because they just the, the assumption is everything will grow in value because when it comes to sports, everything always grows in value. Yeah. And every year college sports makes more and more money. And now here they are getting nearly $8 billion for six years. And every one of these uh, programs is going to complain, oh, NIL, it's too much. You just got $8 billion. Yeah, that's crazy. Keep telling me how how the player making a million. It's not every player. It's like the star quarterback is making a million dollars. You just got 8B. Shut up. Yeah. College sports is such a joke. When it, when it comes to this, because you got idiots out there like Dabo Sweeney crying every time a player wants to make any money on NIL. Dude's making more than $10 million a year. Sure. But every player should be like, you know, get into like November. Like, I got no money left in my meal plan. I'm starving. <laughs> Sorry, can't help you, kid. Like, really? This is... Yeah, that's where we're This is why at. Clemson fell apart. That's where we're okay? at. Because the smart teams got in the portal and stole your best players and... Your players sitting go, why the hell am I here? I could go to literally any other conference and get paid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm leaving. Bye. Yeah. And then he, you know, dabbled the, well, you're not very Christian if you're leaving the school. <laughs> but the you're not very Christian if you're making 10 plus million and asking the people who are the reason people watch your damn program, hey, you kid, starve. <laughs> but the NIL, you have to agree, it does need to be fixed it is very much the wild west that's a term that i'm kind of all for the wild west right let these kids make all the freaking money they can how is that any different from what it's going to be like when when they get to the pros you're going to have an agent and they're going to try to get you all the money you can i have no problem with this because you know what every school is making every dollar they can they you got ads on the field you got ads in the end zone you got ads on the radio broadcast, the TV broadcast, walking in all around the stadium. You go up to buy a hot dog. Well, there's an ad on it. All right, they If they can go out and get every freaking dollar, if the coach can be out there getting endorsements for this and endorsements for that and doing this commercial and that commercial locally, regionally, nationally, oh, the kid, nope, sorry, be a broke ass. No. No. Yeah, no, I don't think it should come to that. I mean, that's one extreme to the other, but this... This notion that, you know, you can earn as much money as you possibly can. That's that's all good. Like, it's unfortunate that all of the, you know, legal, the lawsuits and just the fighting in courts over the years, those guys and beyond that didn't really get to benefit from it. I get it. It's about the future, but it's just such a mess regulatory Wise. I'm not saying put a cap on it. Here's the best part of it, right? You got the gymnasts like Hottie McBody in LSU mm-hmm. that every like player is like asking out and getting turned down by. Yeah. Well, she doesn't have to have an OnlyFans account because she's got NIL money. Yeah. All right. On the other side, you got football players who are being promised scholarships and NIL money. And then a week before, you know, school breaks. Oh, hey, we were just kidding about your scholarship. And that's and then the happen. NIL company. Oh, we were just kidding about your NIL. And that money. shouldn't happen. And now it's too late for them to go back because all the scholarships and NIL has already been put out for that year. And that kid winds up having to go play JUCO because, as usual, coaches lied their asses off. Yeah. 
So to me, once the NIL deal is made, they should be forced to uphold that NIL deal. That kid plays there or not. You made the deal. You freaking live up to it. And that's the checks and balances of the system that doesn't exist right now. That you have to protect the kid. You have to protect the player. I 100% agree with that. And that's what I mean. It's it's just so thrown together that there's not the necessary protections in place. Because they don't let these kids have real agencies. Yeah. Whereas yeah. The coach has an agent. The assistant coaches have agents. The AD has an agent. Uh, the school's got tons of agents. The NCAA's got agents. Yeah. The and, NIL group has agents. And meanwhile, the who is it? The SEC and is it the... Uh, ACC or the Big 12 getting together and putting a committee to try the and... The SEC and the Big 10. Yeah, the SEC and the Big 10, right? They're more concerned with the landscape of said college football versus what every coach in America, you know, finds a gripe with about. Like, you've got to protect... You've got to find a way to get your ducks in a row, financially speaking, and control this NIL situation before you dive into something that really... You've got a real window on. You got two years before you got to figure this thing out. For years, we've been talking about the concept of Division Four, mm-hmm. right? Self governance. The Division Four schools would not follow NCAA rules. They would govern themselves, have their own rules, their own enforcement, their own landscape. Mm-hmm. That is essentially what the SEC and the Big Ten are investigating. They're investigating going to self governance, where they would be their own division. They would basically play for the CFP and all the non-schools schools that aren't in their self-governance. Sure. They'd have their own style. Like, you know how, uh, you know, the FCS plays like an actual bracket tournament? Yeah. So you could be an FBS school. You would be self-governance. If you were NCAA, you'd be an FCS school and play the bracket. Mm-hmm. And the idea of we're not going to be held by the NCAA. We're going to make our own rules. So we're going to say, if you want to pay kids X dollars, you can. If you want to have kids who come in and don't take classes, you can. Uh, whatever, however you want to recruit, Mess. you can. That's how they're going to they're gonna do it. They'll create their own guidelines. A lot of the NCAA guidelines are horse bleep. This idea of, you know, it's so arbitrary. Who gets a waiver and who doesn't? So, you know, a, a kid whose family has a lot of money somehow gets a waiver to leave one school and go play on the other without having to sit out. A kid who's comes from nothing and is leaving one school to go to a school closer to his home because his parents are ill. Yeah, sure. And that kid can't get a waiver. Why? Because the NCAA sucks, that's why. And the faster that they get away from NCAA and all its corruption, because FIFA, IOC, NCAA... Corrupt, corrupt, corrupt. Yeah. As soon as they get away from that, college football will be better for it. Oh, 100%. And you hear that example, you know, all the time. I I don't know if it's that widespread, but the fact that there's even one of those stories, there's a problem there, and it doesn't need to exist in 2024. So somebody in the Twitch, on the uh, YouTube stream, Ernest on the YouTube stream, says NIL should be capped. Why should NIL? I've heard be that argument so. Why? Yeah, I don't understand why you need the cap. Are we not a free market capitalist society? Are you capping the school's income? Are you capping the NCAA's income? Are you capping how much money uh, ESPN and advertisers can pay? No. So why is it the players, the one and only reason anyone gives a damn about college football, to watch the players? Why do they have to take it in the back door and everybody else gets rich? The whole point of NIL is to level the playing field so the people who actually do the work, who are the product, they're getting some kind of reward for their work. And don't give me this, they're getting an education because that is a bunch of crap. No. Anybody can go pay $40,000 to the University of Phoenix, do absolutely nothing, and get a degree. And it's got to be protected. It's got to be protected. Uh, next up on Hot Leads, remember this Astro killer, Jorge Soler? Yeah. Three years, $42 million from the San Francisco Giants. That reported earlier today. Then a member of the Braves, why he's an Astros killer, hit three bombs in a five-game span against Including the Strohs. Including one that still hasn't landed. Yeah, well, it landed because a guy got it that was across the street, landed in basically his backyard of his loft. 
<laughs> I think he sold it for like a million bucks. Remember that story? It was like a, a few days or a week or so after. I know that was at least the offers that he got. I probably would have taken him up on it. That all during the uh, 2021 World Series. So, uh, yeah, kind of a reunite, reuniting with Dusty Baker, who's now a member of the San Francisco Giants. You know, man, Soler's a guy I wanted the Astros to sign. I know. He was very And uh, three for about. 42 is not that bad a deal for a guy with that kind of power. Yeah, that kind of pop. I yeah. mean, right-hand power. I mean, he hit a ball out of the damn stadium. Yeah. And <laughs> I know he's a butcher in the field, but... You can live with a butcher in the left field at Minute Maid Park. It's a short porch. Mm-hmm. Especially if you've got Chaz playing center field who runs everything down. So, you know, I mean, I hate seeing him go. Dude, would you believe the last time the San Francisco Giants had a guy hit 30 home runs? It was Barry Bonds. Damn. That's been a while ago. That's how it's been almost 20 years. Holy Since smokes. they've had a 30 home run hitter. Wow. Just, I, I did that, not realize that. That blew my mind. Yeah, that is crazy. That is crazy. Uh, next up on Hot Leads, 49ers defensive tackle Eric Armstead set for surgery to repair a torn meniscus. Why this is a big deal? Because the dude's been playing on a torn meniscus for two freaking months. Two months ago, he tore his meniscus in his right knee in a win against the Eagles. The injury happened on the second snap of the game. He finished the game <laughs> and has been playing on this since. I think he ended up maybe missing a game like shortly after that. But I mean, my gosh, like that's something. Uh, to, you don't hear stories like that all the time. And not to say that it doesn't happen all the time. I mean, they don't get leaked like that. That's pretty crazy. Dude, that, two years. That's unbelievable. Not two years, two months. Still, two, two months, months on, on, a, on a football. On a torn knee. Yeah, and you go to the Super Bowl on that sucker. Dude. <laughs> Pay that man, <laughs> right? All right, so I'm 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 um, getting yelled out on the text line again. Okay, so uh, texter five seven one six catching strays or are they validated? Says, uh, Patrick, dang Patrick, I agree with your take on coaches lying and players getting screwed, but why you got to bring up the gymnast and not having to get an OnlyFans? <laughs> she caught a stray for literally no reason. All college athletes should be able to snag that nil bag. Well, that was my point. That all college athletes can get the NIL bag. They don't have to resort have to, go to OnlyFans. To go yeah. into OnlyFans, because you know what? There have been examples of college athletes on OnlyFans. And you know what happened to them? They lost their eligibility. Yeah, yeah. He's Patrick Creighton, Sean Bajani, Area 45. All right. Uh, Do you remember the punter? I want to say it was from Florida State. It's a punter who was making instructional punting videos on YouTube. And was getting he was getting so many views, he was getting like money from YouTube. Yeah. And he was getting so much money from YouTube, the NCAA came in and said, You gotta knock that off. You're not eligible. I vaguely remember that. And yeah. he's like, you know what? I'm gonna keep making my videos. Yeah, because why not? You're making so much damn money. Uh coming up next, Ed Malloy needs to grow some balls, and one of us in one of these two rooms. Needs to buy a new set of uh, glasses. I will explain why, and we'll get PC's reaction, because I don't know where you fall on this next. It's Sports Radio 610. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Area 45 with Bajani and Creighton. Welcome back in Area 45. I'm Sean Bajani. He's Patrick Creighton. Chris Santiago producing 713-572-4610. Get you in. You can call or text 572-4610. Hit us up on Twitch and YouTube where you can watch us. You can watch the station every day, all day on Sports Radio 610. Uh, So last night, truth be told, I mean, we've kind of had it rough in here uh, over the last a week or so, last couple of Rocket games, we haven't been able to watch. We haven't had it on. We've watched some really good college basketball, and we watched about three hours of gymnastics the other night. Um, last night, the Rockets taking on the New York Knicks. There's a lot of flexibility in those gymnastics events. There was, and um, I got to tell you, I, I made it through the way without scooping my eyeballs out. I'll just put it that way. Uh, did not get a chance to watch the Rockets last night. You and I chopped it up for like an hour almost after the show. And as we're walking out of the studio, we catch the uh, highlights of the Rockets and Knicks game. And I, I said, man, did the Rockets win? You know, I forgot to check the final score. Hadn't seen it since they were up like by four late. As I say that, I look up and they're showing the last play of the game. Aaron Holiday, who had a hell of a night with no Cam Whitmore, no Fred Van Vliet, uh, the Knicks missing some guys too, Ananobi. Who else, Chris? They were without a couple of dudes themselves. Uh, Julius Randle. Julius Randle. I mean, he kind of called it a wash, right? It was a horrible game from Jalen Green. Um, Just, you needed every last bit you got from Aaron Holiday, literally. So they show the highlight of him. Top left wing, beyond three, Fading away, time's winding down. He takes a shot. Well, just listen to the play-by-play. Holiday looking to get it in. Oh, wow. Over to Green, a bit of a dangerous pass. Working on Achua. Goes baseline. Comes on the other side. Had it blocked. Holiday picked it up. Threw it towards the rim. And it almost went down. They called a foul. They called a foul on Brunson. How fitting. Holiday was called for a foul. Was pulled back. It's an in regulation. There's a foul call as Holiday heaved it. That moment felt a little Joe Roganish. By the way, Craig Ackerman, Ryan Holland's on the call. Oh! Did we have the arms out. Oh! <laughs> hey, was this the Korean at Super Bowl call? Oh! <laughs> right. Um, outrage. Outrage. People could not believe that a foul was called, and I got to tell you, I've watched it time and time and time again. I can't believe that people are actually outraged about there being a foul called. Dude, I cannot believe that there was an absolutely ridiculous foul call at the very end that did not go against the Rockets. Yeah, we're used to that. That's usually how this goes. Right. They actually got one called in their favor. This never happens. So you know what? Suck it up, Buttercup. Rockets get screwed by awful calls all the time. In fact, they got screwed by multiple awful calls earlier in the fourth quarter. Uh, If you don't want a call in the very last second to screw you, don't be in a situation where the game is tied and, you know, you've blown other opportunities. The protest, if it holds to NBA form, has zero chance of getting uphill. Right. It's like a formality. They do this just to kind of put eyeballs on the situation, and that's it. Remember the time Daryl Morey sent the league, like, the video of, like, 14 missed calls mm-hmm. uh, against the other uh, Warriors? You remember what that I got? Do. Remember I, what that got? Uh, it got I, him mocked. That's what it got. I, I, yeah. I mean, again, it's just, it's just a formality. It's just something you do to make a point. They're not going to change the outcome. By the way, the outcome, Rockets 105-103, Aaron Holiday- uh, nailed two of the uh, three free throws, missed the final one on purpose, and the Knicks were called for a uh, lane violation, like they were going to do anything down two, 100 feet away from their basket with .3 seconds left. But never mind that. Here's the thing, though. 
Ed Malloy is the referee that made the call. After the game, he was questioned about it. Here's what he had to say. Question. Why was there a shooting foul called on Jalen Brunson against Aaron Holiday on the Rockets' final possession of the game? Malloy. In live action, it was felt that the lower body contact was illegal contact. Question. After seeing the replay, do officials believe it was the correct call? Malloy's response. Quote. After seeing it during post-game review, the offensive player was able to return to a normal playing position on the floor. The contact, which occurred after the release of the ball, therefore is incidental and marginal to the shot attempt and should not have been called. End quote. Here's what I don't understand. You can watch that play that I'm watching with my eyes and have a completely different opinion on this there was contact there was contact it is factual evidence from Jalen Brunson whose left hip made contact with Aaron Holiday's left hip and forced his body to turn as he is shooting one-handed towards the basket he was not able to come down in a normal fashion like a person would if they were shooting a three-pointer his entire torso was faced towards the crowd on the baseline or the 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 the, the out of bounds line by the bench that is not normal and chris santiago and i just about came to blows earlier pc and he is still absolutely hell bent is he lebron standing again he what happened to the game i love (laughs) mark jackson my god that was not because of yesterday that was last year but pretty much i mean he was hell bent on that being a legitimate play, a non-foul, and kudos to Ed Malloy for Chris Santiago. I say get some balls and get some glasses, Chris. I can't believe you believe that. What, what was your reaction? I don't remember, to be honest so, with you. So, look, in the reality is you've got .3 seconds, and you're closing out super hard on a guy who's 30 feet from the basket and has to throw up a one-handed shot. Why the hell are you closing directly into him? There is absolutely no reason to make that sort of a desperation play. He's 30-plus feet from the basket. He's got the ball in one hand. Mm-hmm. The chances of him making that shot are about as low as the chances of me getting a date with Scarlett Johansson tomorrow. <laughs> I mean, there, there's it's, it's almost impossible to he, hit that shot. He took half of his body. He ran at half of Aaron Holiday's body and turned it with his. There was physical contact made in the shooting motion. And the fact that Aaron Holiday... I I started the conversation, Chris. Don't be afraid to chime in here, by the way. I started this conversation with you. (laughs) Did I not say... You interrupted me like three times as I was trying to get this out, by the way. I didn't even want to go here. All I said was... If Aaron Holiday hits that shot one-handed, falling away from three and make... If he makes that shot, that's an all-timer. I mean, regular season game or not, I had never seen a shot like that if that goes in one-handed. 1% shot. Yeah. It's a 1% shot. Maybe not even a 1% shot. Why the hell are you making contact? Go straight up. Run right past him. It's almost damn near impossible. Steph Curry's not hitting that shot. Like that that is oh, that's maybe, like a I don't yeah, know about that. That's <laughs> maybe. A, I don't know. That's I, like I, a Globetrotter trick shot <laughs> where the ball has like a like a GPS homing device in it so that it makes sure it goes in a basket. It would have been crazy. But you know, you're the one who made the dumb decision to go slam into a guy with 0.3 seconds on the clock in a tie game at 30 plus feet. It was a dumb decision by Brunson, who was a terrific player who made a dumb decision. That, that's really all it was. And you know, whether whether it should have been a foul or it shouldn't have been a foul, you shouldn't have put yourself in that position of I'm going to go make contact with a guy 30-plus feet throwing up a one-handed prayer. I, All right, it's idiotic. I and thought... As I, far as the Knicks go and this protest, yeah, to successfully protest a game, you have to show a misapplication of the rules, not just they got it wrong. Mm-hmm. They got it wrong is not grounds for uh, for a protest to be upheld. The last time a protest was upheld. Please tell me because I was going to ask In the NBA, December 19th, 2007. 
when Shaquille O'Neal, then of the Miami Heat, was incorrectly ruled to have had six fouls when he only had five. Oh, boy. The game was resumed March 8th, 2008. There were 51.9 seconds on the clock. Neither team scored. So the Hawks wound up winning 114-111. And before the game was replayed, Shaq had already been traded to the Phoenix Suns. Stop. Why did they replay it? Because the game was ruled to have uh, been in error. So because they they ruled a player to be ejected. But he was on. already out and he couldn't have returned on the... Well, no, he's, the point is he should not have been ejected. He was ejected because he picked up six fouls, but he really only had five. Right, but he... So he couldn't come back into the game. He they couldn't come back on the replay. Well, no, he could come back in the replay. But they had traded him by then. That's what I'm saying. But because they misrep, they they screwed up the rule. It wasn't ah, that's it, a crazy. It wasn't. They got the call wrong. They screwed up a rule. Yeah, I get it, but that's foobar. And because but that's what you have to prove to get a protest upheld. I hear that you. a rule was done wrong. I get you. I don't even think that should have happened. That's crazy to me. <laughs> 2007, you say? 2007 is the last time a protest was successful in the NBA. I might have gone absolutely ballistic in 2007 if I was on the radio every single night and that happened. Um, Wow. Okay. We're going to roll into the 9 o'clock hour. Chris, I'm not going to be mean to you. I will give you the top of the next segment to retort since I just raked you over the coals. Those are lies. Um, (laughs) After Chris's retort, uh, we will get to this. Think about it during the break. The top three things, this is for UPC, a little five-minute homework here. The top three things that you absolutely need to see and be convinced of by your Astros this spring training. That's next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.